Episode 58, this is book four, chapter one, The Goblet of Fire. This is the Potter Vision podcast. This is the podcast where two lads go through chapter by chapter the Harry Potter books and chat it all out, right? It's a laugh. I'm only saying this in case you're joining us for the first time at episode 58. Why not? (laughs) I would. Goblet of Fire is the best one. Jump in. Why not? My name's Tom Lawrenson. This is a really fun episode. It's a chill one. It's laid back, yeah? (laughs) We have a laugh. I'm really proud of it. Uh, So have a listen. This is your, well, a new chapter reminder. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave a review? Rate us five stars, whatever you listen to your Potter Vision podcast. Tell a friend, tell an amigo, tell a companion. Um, If you'd like to support the boys even further, you can visit our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash Potter Vision. And that helps us make the podcast the best it can be. We're currently on tour. We do a Potter Vision stage show where we recreate the first film. Uh, in an hour, it's uh, we're about four dates into the tour, and it's gone phenomenally well. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Can't say for the other guy. Uh, no, he's loving it. So why am I going on any further? Why not sit back, relax, and listen to episode 58 of the Potter Vision podcast? Welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every week, myself, Lucas Kirkby, and this man sat opposite me, Tom Lawrenson, we look at a chapter of the Harry Potter books, and we just discuss them in detail. This week, we're on chapter one of A Goblet of Fire. Well, The Goblet of Fire. We're on episode 58, and it's The Riddle House. Tom, how are you? Oh! <laughs> um, we're back Fourth book. I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm thriving. I started moaning then, but I started to get concerned because I was like, imagine if you thought to yourself, oh, I'll check out the Pottervision podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't want to listen to the first three books because I've read them back to back. Yeah. I'm going to jump in book four. And the first thing they're greeted with <laughs> is a guttural moan. <laughs> I always worry about that because I feel like we, we're very comfortable now doing a podcast, yeah. being silly and daft. And then I worry, well, <laughs> people start on this episode where we're singing to a plush bird. Well, <laughs> whenever I start listening to a podcast, sometimes I'll, I'll just listen, I'll jump 58 episodes in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? But when I was, I was having a shower the other day thinking about our podcast, and I was thinking to myself, people would never jump 58 episodes in. They start with episode one. <laughs> but some of them do, I think. But it's not like another podcast. Like I don't know if it was a podcast where somebody just interviews celebrities or does, yeah. I don't know, cooking recipes or whatever. You can just jump in wherever. But guys, we're doing a book series. It's in an order. Yeah, but people have their specific chapters that they really like, don't they? They do. And hey... If you're a Riddle House fan, yeah, just listening to this one chapter in isolation, I hope you enjoy our moans. Oh! No. 
you might also notice that we're sounding a little bit crisper than usual. Mm, we've had a big bag of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> I had quavers. Tom, what's it? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we're trialling out two new microphones. Two new flavours of cheese crisps. <laughs> now, Tom, mm-hmm. what have you been up to, my dear friend? What have I been up to? So, me and you are currently in Edinburgh. Oh, we are. We've been eating like, dare I say it, fat little pigs. <laughs> little piggies L- we are. Little piggies walking around Scotland. <laughs> we had a show in Glasgow the other night. Yeah. First things first, three-course meal at 3pm. <laughs> well, we went to a lovely little harvester and it says two courses for a tenner. Two courses for a tenner. Fantastic. So we thought, burger main, straight away. Burger main, a starter. But what we didn't factor into it is you get free unlimited salad. So while we're waiting for the starter, hey, we'll have some of that free unlimited salad. We'll have a salad. Talk me through the salad. Classic salad, what did you have? Classic salad. I had potatoes and pasta. Salad? <laughs> it's salad, a bit of lettuce. It's salad. I joined you. Potatoes, pasta, cold slaw. Fried onions. Salad. (laughs) Salad, everyone. It's salad. It's salad. It's delicious, nutritious salad. (laughs) We love it. We like it. So before we'd even have our starter, we'd already had a salad and potato meal and Mm -hmm. pasta. And I got a garlic bread, which turned out to be half of a round loaf Mm. covered in garlic butter. Yeah. By the time the main came, I was full. Listeners are thinking, well, what did you have, Tom? What was your starter? Yeah. I got nachos. <laughs> I'm always cute. I'm, really, I'm a fan of nachos. They're one of my favourite meals. Yeah. Because you know, they're very, like, snacky and picky and you get all different combinations. You know, you can have guac on one chip, sour cream on another, or everything on one. Yeah? Oh, yeah. But everywhere notoriously does bad nachos. And so I'm consistently on the hunt for a good nacho, yeah? Yeah. These nachos at Harvester... They were bad. Nachos, more like Natch Nose. I wouldn't say that. All right, well, I would. (laughs) Yeah, and then did it spoil Mm. your main? Yeah, we both had the same burger, didn't we? Yeah, we were full. We were piggies. We were, honestly, people were eyeing up our our rumps. Yeah, Yeah, they were, yeah. People wanted to brand us. Like Harry Potter, when we stood up, we could barely walk. Mm. We were so full. But here we are now. Uh, we're in Edinburgh. Yeah. We've had two lovely shows, Classic Edinburgh. We're in Newcastle tonight at the time of recording. And Classic, Tom's got himself a coffee. And uh, I've got myself a drink from McDonald's, but... <laughs> Iron Brew. It's at... You had to spoil it, didn't you? <laughs> I was building up to that reveal. It's Iron Brew. I know, but it wasn't Warren. <laughs> you can get Iron Brew on tapping McDonald's. Too much of a build-up, Year 7s. <laughs> well, I've got a bit of an update for you, Tom. Tell me. Keep no secrets from me. People have missed me talking about this. It's P-pill. been a few P-pill. weeks. Tom, I've found some more damp in my house. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Uh, yes. Apologies to the uh, gentleman from uh, the audience last night who we assured there was no swearing on our podcast. <laughs> oh, yes, he goes, I've got a 13-year-old little girl. Got a lassie at home. <laughs> she, she, he didn't say that. I'm sorry for listening, sir. 
<laughs> we apologise to our Scottish listeners. <laughs> he said, is the podcast suitable for her? We said there's a, a little bit of swearing, but not too bad. And uh, yeah, yeah, so welcome if you're listening straight in, uh, 13-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah. Hello, 13-year-old girl. But yeah, uh, I've uh, there's a bit of damp on my chimney bit that comes out. Now, this was the one bit we didn't strip back and tank because it's not an outside wall. So we thought, we don't need to tank an outside wall, but it's wet. Why have you saved this from me? Because I wanted to tell you a surprise, you on the pod. Are you surprised? Friend, I've got some sorry news for you. What? That isn't entertainment. It's it's a sorrowful story. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like people are so invested in the tale that they need are this big they? update. No one's ever DMing me asking me about, well, actually, one person was. <laughs> Actually, they do, yeah. We had to, we asked for some advice. Uh, My dear little brother. A couple of weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, this this feels like the revival season, doesn't it? We thought it was over, but it's back. All mm. the old cast are there. The wet, the mould, a builder, me. You're bringing builder back in. Well, different builder. But, yeah, but I had a guy come round, and he was actually... Uh, he said, I can do all this, but I don't think it'll... Sort it out, so you should get somebody else. Which mm. is fair enough, because he could have charged me thousands of pounds to do some well, unnecessary work. I think it's very much like builders to not want to do any work. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do this job? No. You get paid for it. I know. Don't look easy, though. I want easy <laughs> work. Me. Me lazy. Me want easy work. <laughs> not for me, please. We yeah. had a, we had someone to uh, have gone our roof, because we needed... Um, New leading put round the chimney brass because water was getting in. Oh, naughty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, mm, naughty boy, mm, mm, naughty boy. We had a quote, man comes round, he goes, uh, 7.50 I reckon, he'll take him. Two lads, full day's work. So, man comes round, well, after, you know, it takes w- weeks to get this going, you know. Text him, you're going to come, come round today? Nah, I don't feel like it, you know. Yeah. Next day, you come round today? Maybe. Right, should we wait in? I don't know. What is this? A hookup? <laughs> a few weeks later. I'm going to send someone round. He sends little old man round, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little old man. Not two people. No scaffolding. Yeah. Little old man climbs up onto the roof. <laughs> yeah. Messes around for a, an hour or so. Yeah. Climbs down. £750. Bloody hell. Yeah. It is. When you actually break it down, you think, how much does those materials cost you wholesale? How much are you getting paid for the labour? How much is little old mum getting paid? I think little old man is getting a nice dinner when he gets home. I think that's his payment. Here you go, little old man, roast dinner for you now. Well done. If little old man's listening, let us know. Right in, how much did you get paid for that job? (laughs) (laughs) We need some excitement. We did a gig in a... We did a gig in a Glasgow. Glasgow. They were a good crowd. Oh, they were good. We've had a couple of right good crowds the past two nights, haven't we? We had a great crowd. Some podcast listeners in. Amy Montgomery. Oh, yeah, we must tell you this. We're going to show you it on, the, on Instagram. We'll put it on. Amy Montgomery, if you're listening, thank you again. She came to see us and she had a little gift for us and it was this lovely square-framed uh, Pottervision podcast logo that she'd made. Mm. And in the background were loads of little things that we like to say all uh, all across the pod. And it's the most wonderful gift I think we've ever received as a as a couple. 
Take note of the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's coming to see us in the new year at any of our venues, you better get cross-stitching. Bring gifts. <laughs> we like them, we like them. Mm. Uh, but genuinely, thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. It was uh, very, very nice. To one? Do. Last year I got one. Ooh. <laughs> last year, last year I had one. We'll go into town and we'll get you two new presents. <laughs> Tom, are you ready? Are you steady? Are you going to listen to my chapter one of Goblet of Fire Rundown? The Goblet of Fire. Are you ready for a chapter on Goblet of Fire? <laughs> Oh, we're finally on the book. I am so excited for this book. Oh, I am, I want yeah. a preface about how excited I am for this book. Yeah. Because, weirdly enough, I might have said it before, this is the first book I ever read of Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. It is. I am so looking forward to this book. It's chunky. This book is bigger than, in terms of chapters, than the first two put together. Honestly, it's about as thick as your wallet. It's about as thick as my wallet. And it's not money in there, it's receipts. But this, the book I've got is probably the most tattered of the books I've got. Because I think me, my dad and my sister all read it when it came out. And obviously it's a big chunky thing, so it takes longer to read. Mm. Look at that tome! The pages have been yellowed with time. It looks like like an old edition of the Holy Bible. (laughs) Tom, are you ready? Chapter one, the riddle house, run down. Don't I look ready? He looks ready. His ears are pointed in my direction. His eyes fixed on my body. Here we go. The Riddle House. We get a big bit of backstory. We're in Little Hangleton. It's a village. And 50 years ago, the three rich old buggers that lived in the big old house suddenly died of fright. And the maid found them. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the big old house. Welcome, welcome, welcome welcome to to the the big big old house. And they're dead. Door is open. Come on in. So let's (laughs) begin. (laughs) Come on in. They're dead. The riddles are dead, and the only suspect is the gardener, Frank Bryce. And he's a war veteran who's got a gammy leg. Now he's a bit of a recluse, but he gardens. The police think it's him, but he's saying, no, no, there was a weird teenage boy walking around. We don't believe you. You're going to go to prison. But when the post-mortem comes back, there was nothing wrong with everybody. They just seemed to die of fright. Anyway, they release him, and he stays as the gardener until present day. Anyway, he's chilling in his little house and he sees a light in the little house. He thinks, oh, it's those lads mucking about. So he goes in the house, he climbs up the stairs and it's not the lads, it's Wormtail, Peter Pettigrew and Lord Voldemort, but he obviously doesn't know who they are. He's a muggle, he thinks, what's going on? He's overhearing them, they're plotting some crazy thing, they're waiting till after the Quidditch World Cup, they've kidnapped and killed some woman called Bertha Jorkins, and they're wanting to get Harry Potter involved. What's going on? Next minute, bloody snake turns up. Oh, massive 12-foot snake. Speaks to Voldemort. Says, look, there's a guy outside, he's listening. Voldemort's like, let me give him a proper greeting. And then he goes in, he turns around, and he he kills him dead. Mm. And then Harry wakes up. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. And then Harry wakes up. The Riddle House. Forgotten about him, have you? Well, he's oh. awake. Yeah, this isn't the Goblet of Fire. This is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. 
Remember? 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 <laughs> Fifty years ago, a maid found three riddles dead. Bam. What an opening to a book. Oh, I love it. I love this chapter. I love this book. Yeah. Well, finally, we've reached puberty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the uh, not the Hogwarts students. Me. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a man. You know, I'm going yeah. through it. Finally, I can accept death. There's been no death in these books for years. Yeah, yeah. No one's been killed. Chamber of Secrets, some students petrified. That cat petrified. Oh, yeah. Everyone's alive. But this book, first chapter, death. Death, death, 50 death. years ago, three riddles were killed, yeah? Yeah. In very unusual circumstances. Yeah. We're not told how, maybe, Vada Kedavra. Yeah. Probably. We think, we, probably. <laughs> it's a green light, it makes sense. Yeah. But I love it. This is the first book I ever read. So out of sequence, I read this book. Yeah. And it uh, didn't make any sense to me. No. <laughs> I got quite far in. I was like, this is pretty some... I must be thick as shit because uh, this is some pretty crazy stuff that I'm not getting <laughs> as a 10-year-old boy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, Yeah, like you say, I think the only actual death apart from the backstory of Harry's parents, was maybe Quirrell. I think that's the only death in the first three books. And Harry killed him. And Harry, Harry killed him. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, th- I love that we're not starting with Harry and that we're starting off with something completely different. It's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, it is refreshing. It's, I, I was thinking to myself, I could take a whole chapter, I could take a whole book of this. Yeah. This, this first book, talking about Little Hangleton, The Inhabitants, Frank Bryce. Yeah. Dot well, down the pole. To be honest, before it got to, you know, Voldemort and Wormtail in the Riddle House, I was like, oh, I was enjoying that. I know, I felt like that. <laughs> like, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I don't want the riddles involved. Can't it just be like the grumps? I want to hear about the grumps that live in that house. Oh, it's Tom Riddle, it's Voldemort. Hmm. Because these books are written, I suppose they are meant for children. But, <laughs> but I'll, I'll say, they're written in a way that you never have to reread anything, dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never have to reread a page going, what did I just read? I feel like so many adult books I read. When I say adult, I don't mean, you know, Japanese manga. <laughs> yeah. I mean, books intended for adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mills you... and Boone. Mills and Boone. <laughs> did I ever tell you that uh, my grandma, when she got older, she, got, uh, she had Alzheimer's, right? She used to think that people were stealing her money. When she passed away, she used to love reading Mills and Boone, right? And when she passed away, we were t- putting away all her stuff, tidying her stuff. In each Mills and Boone's book were like £20 notes. We must have found about 300 quid in her Mills and Boone connect collection, all between the pages. What do you think to that? It's unusual, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon the practice was? I think she just thought people were trying to... Because st- she had uh, Alzheimer's, I think she thought people were trying to steal her money. So she's died. So maybe if anyone's going to steal from me, I want it to be people with taste. <laughs> Look, if someone steals from me, I want them to be horny while they're doing it. I want it to be another horny old woman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apologies, mother, if you're listening to this. Uh, but this was set up to me. It felt like at the beginning a classic murder mystery. Mm. The maid has found them dead. It's always the bloody maid, isn't it? It reminded me of like Marple or Poirot, Sherlock Holmes. You've got the cook running into the uh, into the. None of these people have names, do they? In these things, oh, it's the cook, it's the maid, it's the butler. We have names, you know. I'm Dave. Dave the cook. Frank Bryce has got a name. Frank Bryce has got a name. Yeah. He's a gardener. He's the gardener. 
Why can't Cookie have a name? Why can't Mady have a name? Frank Bryce watches over the house yeah. for 50 years. Uh, uh, and just, it's like, and the house falls into disrepair. Frank, you're there. You're there anyway. Yeah. I know your duty's gardening. Yeah. But give the house a sweep, lad. Can't have quick dust over once a month. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the tulips are fine. How big is this house yeah. that he can only concentrate on the gardening? I know. I agree with you. Like, fair enough, modern day, because I think he's 77 or something by the, by the present day. You know, fair enough. You're old, you get tired. But, come on, give it a sweet round, bit of hoovering. You'll be all right. Mm. Murder mystery, you know, the three of them are dead. They've died of fright. It's like something out of Sherlock Holmes or Jonathan mm. Creek or something like that. Yeah, Unexplainable death. Mm. Did I tell you I was Sherlock Holmes once for some tours around Speak Hall? You? Yeah, me. Dressed up, they said, right, we want you to be something Victorian. I thought, well, I know what's fun. Sherlock Holmes, detective stuff, right? But they said, can you do like a Christmassy one? Because it's around Christmas time, Christmas themed Sherlock Holmes story, mm. right? So you might think, oh, there are some amazing Sherlock Holmes stories out there. You know, there's Hound of the Baskervilles, Sinophobe, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? There's only one Christmas themed Sherlock Holmes story. And it's boring. Tell me. It's boring. It's the adventure of the blue carbuncle. Right? It's a blue jewel, a priceless jewel, and it ends up the thief... Sorry, t- spoilers, uh, but you've had 200 years to read it. The thief shoves it down a goose's throat. The goose then gets sold to some person, then it goes to market, then it gets sold to somebody else, then somebody wins it in a raffle. So Sherlock Holmes has to go through, and that's why the phrase wild goose chase exists, because of that one story. Yeah. Uh, But (laughs) it's so boring, and I'm there taking kids around as Sherlock Holmes, and going, yes, and then he went to the pub, and then he had to go to the market. Right, well, let's go this way and see what he said at the market. You know, take them around the side of the house. Right, well, at the market, they said, oh, you need to go to the farm. So we went to the farm, and then we go, bloody hell, this is the most boring Sherlock Holmes story I've ever done, so I had to fill it in with a bit of jokes and uh, some daft things. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Waggling your tongue, moving your eyebrows. Moving my eyebrows, waggling my tongue, getting them to dance. Wiggling your hips. (laughs) That's right, Sherlock Holmes, kids. I've read some of them Sherlock Holmes mysteries, and like most people, I've seen the BBC series Sherlock, yeah? yeah? Mm -hmm. It's great. But the mm. thing is, back in the olden days, we've got modern Sherlock, haven't we? Yeah. Back in the olden days, if you rob something, just like walk off. I know. You get away with it. I know. If you want to get away with the uh, blue buckloon, whatever it was called. <laughs> the blue carbuncle. The blue carbuncle. Yeah. Just like keep it in your pocket. How's he ever going to find you? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I can't remember what he like stole it and threw it out the window or something. I can't bloody remember. If anyone wants to read it, but there's no CCTV. Yeah, yeah. There's no like cookies. Yeah. There's no you know internet search histories. Yeah. They can't triangulate your phone signal. You don't yeah. have to destroy your SIM card. It's the olden days. It's the you olden can, days. You can get away with anything you want. But unfortunately, for the robber of the blue carbuncle. He had the most fantastical mind in London, Sherlock Holmes after him. Mm. The dust on your shoe means you've got an old shoe. Yeah, Deductions yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. I used to do a daft thing like that. I love shit. that, I love that. 
Ooh, biting his fingernails. He must be going through a divorce. What? Oh, I'm just mucky. <laughs> but yeah, I used to do that. At the beginning, I'd get like uh, a little kid, and I'd look, I'd look at them and go, "Oh, yeah, there's a slight bit of grass on your knee there, and oh, you're wearing a green jumper. Oh, and you've got a little bit of fluff in your hair. I deduce that uh, you're a little boy, aren't you?" Any okay. any laughs? Yeah, good laugh, yeah. Good laugh. Good laugh, because it's a daft thing to assume. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, yeah, a little mystery. And uh, So I'm assuming, because they say it's uh, Mr. and Mrs. Riddle and their adult son, Tom, who I'm assuming is Daddy Voldemort. Daddy Voldemort? His dad, so we've got Granny Grandad and Daddy Voldemort. Granny Grandad, Daddy Voldemort. Daddy Voldemort. Assume we the little boy is Voldemort, the teenage boy Frank Bryce goes on about. Because, as we know, Tom Riddle, that we know, yeah, well, he's dead, but he's still alive in some ways, isn't he? he so it must be a different Tom Riddle. He, what? Yes. Yes, because he's now Voldemort. Yeah. Daddy Tom Riddle's called Tom Riddle. Yeah, Daddy Tom Riddle's called Tom Riddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this is, you know, his murder, isn't it, we think, by, by Voldemort as a, as a teenage boy. They're all gossiping, aren't they, down the pub? Uh, the cook arrives, and... Um... Frank Bryce has been arrested. Oh, yeah, he's been arrested. Never, said everyone. Yeah. Oh, how quick they are to change their tune. Mm. The more they think about it... Oh, actually, Frank Bryce gave me a weird look once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the cook said... Oh, he was miserable. He didn't want to mix with anyone. I've offered him a cup of tea a hundred times and he never accepted. He didn't want a cup of tea. <laughs> Does that mean he's a murderer? For goodness sake. Do you want a cup of tea? No, thank you. I don't drink tea. That's it then. If I've asked him a hundred times... Why have you asked him twice? If you don't like a cup of tea, don't ask him a hundred times. God, he's horrible, him. He never accepts a cup of tea. Frank's the only one with a key to the house. I never had a key to the house. Cookie. Yeah. <laughs> who discovered the bodies. Yeah, how did she get in? How did Maidie get, her, how get d- in? How did they get like, how did they avoid being arrested? Yeah. We should be looking more at Cookie and Maidie and less at Frankie Bryce. He's the only one who could have got in the house. All the other staff have to be let in. They've all got keys. <laughs> And also, he's the one member of staff who does not need to go inside. Mm. He's the gardener. The cook, the maid, the butler. No, no, no keys for you. <laughs> Mr. Outside, <laughs> have the lot. <laughs> you don't need it. You just need the shed key. Yeah. Yeah, mm, don't make sense to me. But they're all gossiping, aren't they? And uh, I get it. Small town gossip, the smallest thing, is thrilling, isn't it? Small town gossip. Yeah. I remember, it's like when you work with people as well, like stuff that isn't interesting, but because it's people you know. I remember my mum and dad would always have a bit of a gossip at the dinner table after come home from work, cause they're working for the same company. And they'd be like, oh, Claire's not passed her MOT. That's conversation, isn't it? Claire's car's not passed her MOT. Yeah. That's the update from today. I know. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, I don't know, it's the mundanity of life and then uh, anything small is, uh, you know, great. Well, murder isn't gossip. Murder's notable news. No, that's They're not saying, hey, Frank Bryce, he's got a haircut. Frank Bryce has turned down his 99th cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) He's not, has he? He has. I know. Ooh, once I was rude to him and he shouted at me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Keep Frank Bryce's name out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. This, like, for a sleepy village, a triple homicide would... No wonder they're talking about it for 50 years. It's a crazy thing to happen. There was a rush to buy the maid drinks. Get a one drink. Is it the maid or the cook? It's the cookie. There was a rush to buy the cook drinks. Yeah. She needs one drink. <laughs> yeah. Get this woman ten drinks. Why <laughs> a time? Let's see what the story's like after a first drink. So if anyway. she's slurring her words, get her an, like maybe not get her another. Get me a double. You can have a single and a coffee. <laughs> so let me tell you. Oh, thank you very much. Right, anyway, so what happened was... Oh, sorry, thank you very much. Anyway, so the maid walked in. Oh, thank you very much. Right, just have one. Get her a roast dinner. Get her a roast dinner. Let her have a spud in between sentences. Do you know what, Cookie? Make it yourself. <laughs> Get in that kitchen and make that bloody dinner yourself. Cookie! <laughs> and people say that thing that they always say on those bloody serial killer documentaries, don't they? Mm. Oh, I always knew he had something about him. I always knew he was odd. Ever since I caught him in the garden pulling the tail off a mouse. Never said anything, though. Mm. But he was always odd. Mm. Right, you've never reported <laughs> this kid that's dissecting animals in Ooh, the garden. He was always weird. You'd feel chills when he walked past you, behind you. Oh, he just f- felt something wasn't right. Why did I have a two-together rail card with him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get around, cheap. Huh? Hebden Bridge is expensive. I can't get there on my own. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. They're all condemning him, right? Because he was angry. Yeah. People have no sympathy for angry men. No, they don't. None at all. I've said it before on the podcast, and I'll say it again because I've got a so- <laughs> I've got a soft place in my heart. For angry man. <laughs> and Frank Bryce, he's a veteran. Yeah. You know, he went to war and he came back unusual. Yeah, yeah. And as well, he doesn't seem... The way they describe him, he doesn't seem mean or anything. He just seems awkward and just wants to be left alone. Yeah. Which I understand. Fair enough if he was going around being a right nubbed. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's just... No, thank you. It's a cup of tea. Mm. I'd rather stay in my shed if that's all right. I remember him shouting at me once. Well, maybe you deserved it, dipshit. <laughs> maybe you deserved it. What must it take for Frank Bryce, a yeah. noble man, to shout at someone? Yeah, exactly. A lot, I reckon. A lot, cookie. <laughs> a lot, maybe. No evidence of poison was found in the Riddle's bodies. No. This is like, you know, we're in the 1950s or something, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon there could have been. <laughs> well, why are we ruling it out? Why are we ruling magic out? Yeah, yeah. Because this is, well, when we, when I think this book is set in like the early 90s, isn't it? So it's like, well, right, so we're, we're basing this off 1940s crime-solving technology, are we? Old Heisenberg from Breaking Bad developed a way... Well, not developed, used a way, used ricin, an undetectable poison yeah, to yeah. kill people. Yeah. Are you telling me these lot had that technology back then to detect ricin? No, they did not. So bring Jesse round, bring Heisenberg round, <laughs> and ask them, what were you doing the night of the murders? It might have been Walter White. We don't <laughs> need to be looking at Frank Bryce. It was Jesse and Heisenberg. It was very clear that they'd been frightened to death. 
Would you not agree? Yeah, because their faces were shocked. Their mouths... I can't believe she hasn't taken this opportunity. Their mouths must have been agape. What frightened you to death? What could frighten you to death? Oh, uh... Oof. McDonald's closes down. Hey, if McDonald's ever, like, yeah, went into liquidation, I'd be like, oh, can't believe that. Country music outlawed. Oh, don't like that, but then actually, outlaw sounds a bit like country, doesn't it? Line dancing's now illegal. No, don't mind that, don't mind that. What do you mean? I think if they suddenly, like, cancelled snooker or something, oh, we're not allowed any darts anymore. Are you a line dancer? No, I've never lined out. I did folk dancing as a kid. I, I struggle to believe you're not a line dancer. I've never line danced. Why not? The opportunities never arose. Really? No, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think it's something I particularly... I think you'd be in your element. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd quite like to do, like, Lord of the Dance. You know, you keep your, keep your top half steady, just move your head left and right, and your legs go mad. No, I'm imagining 100 Lucas Kirkby's, 10 one way, 10 the other, you know, big square at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Hey, that'd scare me. Rosa de me running at me. Ten rows of ten. Yeah. All dancing in line. Yeah. Never been happier. Yeah. I don't know. I think that'd scare me to death. Hundred of me in a barn. Ooh, scary. Dancing. <laughs> Let them fight to the death. Last one alive. <laughs> gets to keep like his position as co-host on the Pot Vision podcast. Position on the podcast. My goods and chattels. And my best shoes. You can have them. <laughs> Am I involved in this Royal Rumble? Frank Bryce. <laughs> Frank Bryce returned to the cottage on the Riddle Grounds, right? Mm. And he continued to do that work for 50 years, the gardener. Yeah. Right. Who kept him on the payroll immediately? Because the Riddles owned that property. The Riddles were paying him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was he doing pro bono work for a while? I think he must have been, because, yeah, the riddles are dead. What, like, what is he doing there? Does he have a claim to that cottage? Because, like, several families came and went, and they said it was because of Frank Bryce giving them the heebie-jeebies. But, like, kick him off the land. Fifty years have passed, and Frank has taken upon the responsibility of making sure when people break into the house, he chases them away. <laughs> yeah. Frank believes that the boys do it because, like their parents, they believe Frank to be a murderer. Yes. He think, and uh, they believe Frank to be a murderer, but the boys are doing it because it's funny to be chased around by a little old man. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be thinking, oh, he's a murderer, let's stone the house he looks after. I look so self-indulgent of Frank. Oh, they're doing this because they think I'm a murderer, but I'm not. He's a little old man. <laughs> if they thought you were a murderer, they'd stone your house. Yeah. <laughs> they want you to be running up to that house in your dressing gown and slippers with your bad back, mm. shouting. That's why they're doing it. It's funny to see you tripping over the gravel. God, yeah. Prank. <laughs> no one's thinking about you, big head. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is climbing the stairs of the Riddle House and he's blessing the dust which has formed on the stone steps because it is dampening the sound of his feet and cane. Ooh, that's dusty. Bless you, the dust. He's throwing breadcrumbs at it. Sacramental wine. Bless you, dust, for not showing my steps. Damn, that's dusty. Ooh. And he's 
I climbed the top of the stairs, expecting to see a bunch of boys. Instead of a bunch of boys, there's a couple goblin men, essentially. Goblin men. But I was expecting to see a bunch of boys, uh, because in the film, we also have David Tennant in this scene, don't we? Hello, father. He- Finally. Finally. Four books. We've waited so long for it. <laughs> now we get Mr. Lizard Tongue. Mr. Lizard Tongue. Listeners, how many chapters have we got of this book? 34? I think it's 38 or something. 38? Yeah, Expect like this every episode. Hello, father. <laughs> <laughs> we must have done it about seven times already in this podcast, and we're not even been on the right book. <laughs> Imagine what you're going to get this book, listeners. He's not even in this chapter. Hello, father. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's... Because he's in this, he's in the film in this bit, isn't he? Yeah. Crouching down by him, and he's—I believe—he's being alluded to in this about all oh, my faithful servant uh, and Roger Lloyd Pack's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, as a uh, Barty Crouch Senior. Trigger. Voldemort is because he's not like this in the book, in the films, but he's always uh, said to have a strangely high-pitched voice. Yeah. Which, for me, takes away all the fear fear factor. You think? Yeah. I think it's scary. Where is McGinney? <laughs> That's the Dark Lord, is it? Is that how you're imagining it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better than this. Have you got me uh, my snake milk? Mm-hmm. Is that on the phone? It's, Shh, it's the Dark Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Dark Lord? Now, say what you want about the Dark Lord, right? Yeah. He kills people. Yeah. He's dark. He drinks snake milk. He's a lord. He's nasty. He's nasty. He's rude. He's rude. He's not a peeping Tom. He's not a peeping Tom. He's not a wee willy winky like you, Frank Bryce. (laughs) Walking around in his nightgown. Yeah. Peeping through the window, staring through the locks, checking if everyone's in bed because it's only eight o'clock. Yeah. I don't think at any point in this seven book series, does Lord Voldemort pull back some neck curtains and look at what the neighbours are up to? <laughs> Frank Bryce, you deserve to be murdered. Oh. Well, he does. Our listeners aren't going to like that from you. Peeping Tom. Our listeners are going to call for your dismissal from the Pot of Vision podcast. <laughs> Hashtag Hang Lucas. Hang Lucas. For me, the image of Timothy Spall milking a snake is <laughs> the most horrific image of the book series so far. Now, forgive me for not knowing my snake anatomy. <laughs> yeah. Forgive me for not knowing, you know, my biology. Yeah. Snake's got little boobies. <laughs> Thinking this, snake, snake, snake's got a set of knockers. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're reptiles, aren't they? Yeah, and they lay eggs. I thought it was mammals who had little titties. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me that like a little baby snake is hatching out of an egg and going straight for them baps? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, snake milk. For listeners, so if you've not read the book, uh, and this is how you get your Harry Potter information, um, <laughs> Voldemort is being sustained on snake milk from Nagini. 
Yeah, yeah that's what's keeping him alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wormtail says, there's a little bit more in the bottle if you'd like, sir. And he's like, mm, later. <laughs> <laughs> Saving a bit of... Sm- and it's been bottle fed as well. Oh, cut out the middleman, Voldemort. Why has it got a bit... No. What? <laughs> I don't want to be directly breastfeeding on a snake. <laughs> but Nagini would let him, though, because yeah. she's curling up at his feet like a damned dog. Yeah, yeah. So why not, like, uh, let him breastfeed? But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're hoping you're enjoying this first episode, 13-year-old girl. They left, they left this out of the book in breastfeeding, or, like, receiving breast milk from yeah. a like snake. And I wish they hadn't, because it's very scary and creepy. You know, yeah, dem- just the thought of it is demonstrates the length this being will go to, like, you know, sustain life. But also, don't we learn in the Fantastic Beast films that Nagini was once a woman? Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's a, a revelation. I remember reading about that. Yeah, but you're right. I think the the eye, the image of that is so unsettling. Uh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's very disturbing. I think there's a lot of disturbing things in the books that we'll come to read that aren't in the films. Tip milk. <laughs> mm. Because, yeah, because at the beginning we don't know it's a snake. And it's like, oh, Nagini, have you milked Nagini yet? No, no, she's wandering around the house. Yeah. What animal would you guess it was? Well, there's an animal that can be milked. Wandering around the house, what is it? Cow. It could be a cow. Doggy. A little doggy. <laughs> <laughs> a goat, maybe. A sheep. Mammals. A mammal. A whale. Yeah. Whales got boobies. Well, they're mammals, aren't they? So I'm assuming they have. Mm. <sighs> Do all mammals breastfeed? I think so, yeah. Piggy? Yeah, piggies do. Piggies have little teats, don't they? What about a horsey? Yeah, a horsey does, yeah. I've never seen a horsey's teats. No, well, they're like... They're just like little nipples on the belly, aren't they? Like a dog. Yeah. Elephant. Yeah. Killer whale. No, no. Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, I don't know. Uh, tilicum. Don't even know what a tilicum is. Uh, I think it's a killer whale. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> killer whale, yeah. What about an orca? Oh, yeah, yeah. What about a tilicum? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tilicum's the name of one specific one. Oh, is it? Who kept murdering people. Now, Frank Bryce is a little eavesdropper, yeah. right? and he keeps hearing a bit of jargon from these wizards that he doesn't understand. Oh. You know every word in the English dictionary, do you, Frank Bryce? He hears one word, Quidditch. Oh, it's the Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> He's rubbing his ears out. <laughs> Frank Bryce, how waxy are your ears that you think the likely misunderstanding of a word is yeah. caused by your ears being too waxy. Yeah. Listeners, I saw a video the other day. You all probably saw it too. Ears are self-cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah? We don't need to be putting cotton buds in there. No. They clean themselves. Yeah. If you ever get a bit of a waxy build upon the edge, you are free to wipe that away with a bit of cotton. Yeah. But you should not be putting any cotton buds in your ears. But hey, listeners... It's not going to stop us, is it? <laughs> it's so fun. It's nice. And they always say, don't your jamming wax deeper into your ear. Nah, I don't think so. I'm not jamming I'm not jamming it in. I'm like wiping it out. I'm blocking it and pulling it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Look, Doctor, I can hear what you're saying, but it feels nice. Listeners, we want to hear about your waxy ears. How do you clean your ears? Do you clean them in the shower? You shouldn't. Apparently, that's bad for you. Do you wipe them with a bit of tissue? Do you use earbuds? Do you put a candle in them? Do you put oil in them, hot oil, and let it all drip out? What do you do? We want to know. Uh, whoever's got the most uh, interesting way of cleaning their ears wins a £100 voucher. For, for what? <laughs> Conversation with you. A conversation with me. That'd a be nice. A phone call worth £100 that they can have with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How does that sound? That sounds brilliant. <laughs> so he's wiping out his ears, Frank Bryce. And, uh, but yeah, he hears his whole Quidditch. I must have heard it wrong. It's like, it's a world championships. So there must be a sport you've not heard of. Do you know what I mean? Like, some people might know... You know, like, sometimes they have, like... Cheese rolling. Cheese rolling. Different martial arts you might not have heard of. I know, Frank Bryce. Cheese rolling. Let me clean my ears. You don't roll cheese down a hill and break your collarbone running after it. Yeah. That is not a thing. Yeah. Football's a thing. Yeah. Frank Bryce, open your mind. I know. People in down south are mental. That's the kind of crap they get up to. I know. Do you think that 77-year-old man has heard of sword ball? Oh, it's the Zobo World Championship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wash out my ears. What's Zobo? Hoverboards don't exist. Well, in a way, you're right, Frank Bryce. <laughs> Hoverboards don't exist. Yeah. But a little board with a couple of wheels on it where you push forward and it propels you does exist. And people call that a hoverboard. So yeah. I'm sorry, Frank Bryce. Yeah. Oh. Step forward, muggle. What's that you call me? Muggle. It means you're not a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Voldemort does come across as like a stroppy little boy in this one. He seems like it's a weird thing because Frank suddenly, because he's a bit scared outside the room, but once he's in there, he seems to uh, he seems to get a bit braver, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he does. Well, I mean, you've got you you got to be like that. When I'm I'm you know I walk around quite I'm constantly afraid that I'm going to get robbed in some manner. Yeah. I always think someone's going to try and rob me phone. Because my phone used to be small. I used to be able to keep it in my hand. Now, phones nowadays, I don't know if you've seen them, they're massive. Yeah, biggies. They're the size of a Harry Potter novel. Yeah, right? yeah. So I always think, I put, if I'm going to use my phone out in public, I put it in my jacket pocket and try yeah, and yeah, use yeah. it from in there. Yeah. But if someone approached me, I'd be scared that I was getting robbed, but then I'd have to pretend to be a much braver man. Yeah. I'd have to start screaming and pushing and shouting and kicking. You'd have to. Yeah. i tell you what scares me. Fight or flight, my friend. Fight oh, yeah. or flight. It scares me when people put their phone in their back pocket of their jeans. You know, people are walking around and they've got their phone just in their, their, mm. their bum pocket. It scares me that because I think I could nick that easy. Mm. Pick it up, run away. Mm. Scares me. Sca- yeah. Yeah, I think, don't do that, please. Put it in your side pocket. Listeners, where do you keep your phone? Um, most interesting and safe way uh, of keeping your phone, if you let us know, you win a £50 gift card for Conversation with Lucas. There we go. So in this episode alone, £150 worth of conversations with me. Now, the way Voldemort is described... In this chapter. He's tiny, isn't he? Yeah. There's something odd about him. Yeah. You're not given like... You know... You know... The details you're given of him is that he's small. Yeah. 
He's got limbs in some manner. He's yeah, got yeah, head, yeah. But he's so tiny that he's confined to a chair that he can't move himself. Yeah. Right? We're not told anything about his skin. No. Anything like that. I keep imagining that little thing from SpongeBob. Uh, it's like some old... It's like some old woman's mother. It's in a wheelchair. It oh, looks, it looks yeah. like a crispy old tadpole with no eyes. With glasses? Dunno. Okay. I could keep imagining that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's because I think we will get a full description of him later. But it's quite interesting because in the first book he was just on the back of Quirrell's head and then disappeared in a in a wisp. Mm. And we've not really seen him since, except as as Tom Riddle, the little boy. Yeah. So it's interesting now that he's actually a physical being, but he seems to be a little, I don't know, a little waif. They are discussing uh, some uh, procedure. Oh, yeah, they've got a plan, haven't they? They've got a plan. Yeah. Of what they're going to do. They need Harry Potter. They need Barty Crouch Jr. Uh, <laughs> and they're going to do something. Yeah. And Wormtail is going to take part in this ceremony. Oh, yeah. Well, he's kidnapped Bertha Jorkins, hasn't he? No, but he's got a special little plan for Wormtail at the end, at the end, doesn't he? Oh, and Wormtail yeah. goes, are you going gonna to kill me, sir? He's like, no! <laughs> I'm going to let you do something most of my followers would give their hand to do. Wink, wink. Doing a little joke like that. What a setup. <laughs> what a setup of it! That's a nine-month setup yeah. for a punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know what? It's not going to get the laugh it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanted me to cut off my hand? Yeah. Do you remember when I said that nine months ago? Oh, that's cruel. <laughs> what a thing. Well, you know what? Do you know what, Voldemort? Say what you want. Frank Bryce was right about you. You got no remorse. Yeah. Laughing about death. You're horrid. You're not a nice man. <laughs> I know he's horrible, Peter Pettigrew, but it upsets me that people call him Wormtail. <laughs> it still feels like a nasty nickname. I know it's because he turns into a rat. That's his actual nickname as well, Wormtail. I know. Like that I think he might like. Yeah, maybe. Just call him Peter. Wormtail. I think I'd go for the nickname Wormtail. It's quite cool. Isn't it? Yeah. But do you find it... Worm, because it's like worm. It's not rat tail. It's no, worm no. tail. And I suppose the rat's tail looks like a worm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think it's odd that Voldemort, the Dark Lord, is calling him a nickname? Well, Dumbledore calls uh, Harry's dad prongs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I just find it weird, like, you know... Does he do that with everyone, Voldemort, when the Death Eaters turn up? All right, Bazza. <laughs> it's Barry, Dark Lord. It's going to be Barry. I don't know. Bazza. Dickhead. Dickhead. Dickhead's not a nickname. Little Ed. <laughs> the Wormtail is quite a cool nickname. I continue. Because uh, worms are cool. Earthworm Jim. Yeah. He had a gun and a zapper. He travelled the galaxy. He had a buff bod. People found him sexy. Yeah. Yeah. The Worm from June. Oh, the sandworm. People are praying to that worm. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's swallowing up massive ships. Yeah, swallowing up massive ships. <laughs> They're going on about Harry Potter. And they're like, are you sure we need to use Harry Potter? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he's so well defended. What, are the Dursleys? He's at the Dursleys right now. Are you going to get past Vernon and Petunia with your wand? 
Isn't there said charm on that Dursley house that they can't get in? Oh, I don't know. Where have you heard this? End of the last film when they have to... Uh, or in the last film when they all, they all have to go to the Dursleys and yeah. use Polyjuice potions to transform into Harry. Oh, yeah. Because it's his birthday. Yeah. The charm is over. Oh, Because he's, yeah. he's, he's now Because he's now a man. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Ooh, very nice. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? I didn't realise his house was charmed. So no evil can go there. Otherwise, you know, bloody Bertie Crouch, Barty Crouch Jr. could have turned up when he was nine and finished yeah. the boy off. Hello, Vernon. Hello, Vernon. Hello, Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> to every family member individually. Hello, Junior. <laughs> Hello, Aunt Marge. Hello, Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Fig. <laughs> to every person he meets. Right, party. We're about to go to a party. Uh, there's about 30 people going to be there. You can't do the hello thing to everybody. Why not? <laughs> right, look. You're not coming in if you're going to do that. You're being normal yourself. Party. I know we said you could do the inductions, but we've got 20 new starters today. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a long time to get through the day if you're going to do the tongue waggle, you know, after yeah. saying hello to all of them. And we've got four scheduled breaks. And I know, I know that you're going to take that as an opportunity to reintroduce yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Father. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem as though Wormtail doesn't want to harm Harry Potter, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think this is a plot line in the books that is not in the films. That he he genuinely does have a little bit of a a feeling of being in debt to Harry because he spared him it's last quite, year. It's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. But it's good. I, I've got an interesting question. Because it makes Wormtail a more, like, developed character, though he does want power, but he does have remorse. It explains how he was friends with the other three. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. if he didn't have that soft side, do you know what I mean? You I can't know. be fully corrupted. Yeah. Bellatrix Lestrange is insane, so that's explained by her. Yeah, yeah. Lucius Malfoy knows he's doing wrong. All these people know they're doing wrong. Yeah, yeah, apart yeah. Apart from, like, Bellatrix Lestrange and Voldemort, whereas they think what they're doing is right and they don't care. Yeah, yeah. you got to have some soft spot inside you. Yeah, it makes you know. him human, doesn't it? Ma. Ma. Like I've said film. it before, I'll say it again, Ma. <laughs> In the film where he's turning into a rat and waving at the same time. <laughs> Mama! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> disappears. But yeah. Um, the snake curled up like some cursed dog at oh. his feet. Like a horrible travesty of a pet dog. My new favourite insult. You are a horrible travesty of a pet dog. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> I'd like to ask you a question, because this, pl I'm not quite sure what the plan is, just him coming back to life or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, he admits here, Voldemort, he goes, oh, I, I could use somebody else. I don't need to use Harry Potter. Do you think that Voldemort's obsession with Harry Potter leads to his ultimate downfall? Do I think that Voldemort's obsession with Harry Potter leads to his ultimate downfall? 
No. For it is his prophecy. He believes the only way that he can succeed is if Harry Potter fails. And when the planets will align, Hercules will rise. (laughs) And you will fail. You will lose all. Yeah. The fates. The fates have aligned. The stars have aligned. But even in the first book. 18 years precisely, (laughs) the planets will align. That's some good stuff, that. Thank you, Disney. Thank you, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because even in that first book... Ever, ever, all listeners, say thank you, Disney, for Hercules. Now right, continue. Because <laughs> even in that first book, like, when he's on the back of Quirrell's head, like, why is Quirrell wasting his time enchanting the broom to go up and down trying to kill Harry? Just concentrate <laughs> on the plan you're doing. Why would you make yourself seem suspicious? Have Snape on your back for no reason. I just think he's got such an obsession with Harry. It's the same with the Chamber of Secrets. He's like, you're doing all right with Ginny. You're killing people with the basilisk. Why are you suddenly making her put the book in, you know, on the floor in that bathroom? Yeah, if he can use any wizard to do this uh, ceremony to bring Harry Potter, no, to bring Voldemort back to life. Yeah. Then use any wizard. Yeah. Don't take... Don't use Harry Potter. You've literally just captured a woman, a witch. Use her. Yeah. Oh, no, we need information about the Quidditch World Cup. Kill her! And it's so weird, like, him even saying Quidditch World Cup. Yeah. The idea that... We can't (laughs) act before the Quidditch World Cup. It's like... Oh, yeah. You're scared of the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I am planning on world domination, but only after Wimbledon. (laughs) How did Voldemort get Nagini back? Oh, I know. So, last we saw Voldemort, he flew off into the ethers, didn't he? Yeah, the Albanian forest or wherever he was. The forest of Albania. The forest of Albania. Yeah. He flew there like many creatures that don't want to be discovered, right? Yeah. When did he come across Nagini? Wormtail found him. Yeah. Wormtail went looking for him and found him. Yeah. Okay. Where was Nagi- Where's Nagini been for the past 12 years? <laughs> In this house? No, because she's new to the house. She's exploring the house. Yeah. Where's the old bitch been? <laughs> what I want to know is... What I want to see is some Muppet-style, you know, getting the banged back together montage. Yeah. Where Voldemort and Wormtail are going around in a car. Getting everyone back together. Right. <laughs> Bartha Jenkins. What's she called? Jorkin. Bertha Jorkins. Bertha Jorkins, yeah. get her in. <laughs> Nagini, come on. Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Get him in. Yeah, they're busting him out of prison. They're finding Nagini. So that, that would make Voldemort uh, Kermit the Frog. Voldemort is Kermit. Right. That would make... Wormtail. Gotta be Miss Piggy. Enough, no, Fozzy Bear. Fozzy, Fozzy Bear. There's no romance between them. Maybe Nagini's Miss Piggy. Oh, yeah. And that makes Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah. The Incredible Gonzo. The Incredible Gonzo. Listeners, do you disagree? Let us know. Do you disagree? No. <laughs> Let us know which Harry Potter characters would be which Muppets in the Muppets Take Hogwarts. <laughs> That'd be great. 
I'd love that, the Muppet Zone. Uh, Wingardium Leviosa. So, like, uh, Voldemort, uh, he hears a whole Frank Bryce at the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. doesn't hear him. Nagini goes and tells Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And says, Frank Bryce is at the door. Yeah. Right? So he said, there's a little old man at the door. Let him in. Me want to see the little old man. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Me no see little old man for 27 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 years. 50 years? Me no see little old man for 50 years. Door is opened and he says, come in, muggle. He goes, what's, what's that you calling me? Muggle, you're not a wizard, are you? No, but my, you're not, you don't have a wife. You're a virgin. <laughs> hey! Hey, no need for that. Wet yourself. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. Um, he says, Wormtail, spin me round. Me want to see little old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spins him round. Chair squeaks. Nagini is disturbed on her carpet. Yeah. Frank Bryce stares at what is in the chair and screams his lungs out. Yeah. Bloody hell. Sounds horrific. Yeah. But Frank Bryce, you're a veteran. Yeah. You have seen people's had their faces blown off. Yeah. What is in that chair that is causing the little old man to scream? There's no need to scream at anybody's appearance. (laughs) This might be news to some of our listeners... But if you're seeing somebody for the first time, no matter how ugly they might be, don't scream, it upsets them. But that's old people all, all over, isn't it? Yeah. Anything unusual. <laughs> yeah. For all we know, Voldemort was not going to kill him until that point. Yeah. He's like, right, let's have a look at this muggle then. Turns around. <laughs> Look at that ugly face. <laughs> Look at those weird little stumpy limbs. Oh, I can't stand looking at that. Right, I'm going to kill you now, Mr. Rude. <laughs> Mr. Rude. Mr. No Manners. And then 200 miles away, the boy called Harry Potter woke with a start. I remember reading this for the first time, thinking, please don't tell me that was all a dream. And it never happened. So this was, this was juicy. I like this chapter. Lots going on. Juicier than Nagini's milk. Oh, come on. It's a family podcast. It's nutritional. (laughs) I hope. But yeah, that uh, that idea that... You couldn't have one chapter without you, could you, Harry? You couldn't just let us have a nice little chapter about the Riddle House, about a murder, about Voldemort. It had to be in your dream, did it? In your dreams, Harry. In your dreams, Potty Wee Potter. Right. How many, how many, how many, many, many little old men screaming their lungs out in horror are you giving this chapter out of five? For me, I'm going to go out and say, I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys, and say that this is the best opening chapter we have read so far. It was a break from old HP. We had a lovely bit of mystery, a 50-year-old mystery... A little town, villagers, triple murder. We've got this Frank Bryce character. Guys, it was a triple homicide. It was a triple homicide. And we meet Voldemort. We've not seen Voldemort himself for two books. We haven't seen him since the end of book one in his actual form. Mm. He's come back. We've got Wormtail. 
we didn't know what was happening with him. Now we know he's with Voldemort. And there's loads of little hints. We've got a plan. There's a follower, a, uh, a loyal supporter in Hogwarts. Bloody hell, who's that? It's got to involve Harry. There's the Quidditch World Cup. There's loads of things set up. I loved it. And you know what? I'm going to give it five old men screaming their lungs out, out of five. In horror. For me, this chapter brought back a lot of memories. Being a little boy. Being an old man. Being a husk of a man in a chair. Breastfeeding. Caring for someone who is breastfeeding. Looking after a snake. Being in a dirty, abandoned house. (laughs) 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 Oh, Relatable. It's my life. That's been my life so far. But I really loved, um, yeah, the story. It's like a story in itself. Yeah. If that was a short story on its own, I'd be like, wow. Yeah. But not only have we got that, it's got me excited for the whole book that is ahead of us. Yeah. Times are changing. Um, silence! Silence! All the things that are coming ahead. <laughs> Hello, Father. <laughs> my boy! My boy is dead! My boy! <laughs> um, for that reason, I'm giving this chapter five little old men screaming their lungs out in horror out of five. A rare... Full house. I think we've had one before, but we've not had one for a while. We've had a lot before. Have we? (laughs) It's been a while, though. Full house. 10 out of 10. Right. Are you ready for the new season, the first edition of Quiz? (gasps) Quiz, 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 Going to ask you some questions. How well will you do? Quiz, 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 Going to ask you about Harry Potter, Lucas. How well will you do? I'll blow you a kiss. Question one. How old was Frank Bryce when he was accused of murder? Ooh, 27. Correct. Yes. What was the name of the woman that Wormtail kidnapped? Bertha Jorkins. Correct. What is the name of the pub in the town? The Hanged Man. Correct. What was the name of the town? Little Hangleton. What's the prize? Ooh. I promise to perform my best in tonight's show. Oh! Only if you win. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, this is... And is this the last question? Yeah. Question five. And this is for everything. The lot. The lot. Lines remembered. (laughs) Audience engagement. Turning up on time. Keeping my face switched on. (laughs) 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 How many times was Frank Bryce offered a cup of tea? One hundred! My boy, you have won the quiz. Well, we hope the people of Newcastle are happy. It'll be a good show tonight. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, congratulations and celebrations. And I tell everyone that Tom will try his best. Oh, quiz, 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 quiz,
It is now time for the nation's second favourite segment. It's Hedwig's Droppings. We're not alluding to owl poo. We're not alluding to ploppings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's Droppings. What's in a beak this week? We have had a lovely review, a five-star review, from Peter's on... <laughs> on iTunes. Now, Peter says, magical smut and nonsense. He says, these two comedic northern bullets are delightful. Aside from excellent analysis of a popular children's book series, their conversations run the gamut from the unexpected intimacy of GCSE oral exams, violent hatred of public spitters, all the way to Hermione's time-travel-induced menopause. It sounds horrendous, but only once you are familiar with these charmingly facetious funsters can the juxtaposition of such filth and the youthful innocence we are of a certain age associated with Harry Potter be understood and appreciated. Great to hear such quality entertainment in my own native accent. He's from Blackpool, mm. which has become all the stronger since piping this red-hot pod down my head holes. The Pottervision boys trade roles as the listeners' shoulder-topping cartoon Devil and Angel in equal measures, though Tom is obviously the baddie. It's mm. the eyes, you see, he says, resulting in guaranteed belly laughs, and it will quickly become your favourite podcast Five inexplicable subterranean slides out of five. Hashtag Team Connie. Hashtag Team Connie. That was poetry. Excellent review. I read that review myself yeah. privately some weeks yeah. ago. And it struck a chord in my heart. Fantastic review. I loved oh, it. It takes a few reads to fully take in all the things mm. that are being said. Thank you very much. A writer. Now a writer, and we love to read it. We've had another lovely five-star review, a bit more concise, from Catalina. So thank you so much for reviewing Catalina. Catalina says, amazing podcast, very funny, love it. I have already told my best friend, mum and sister, and they love it too. Are they the same person? <laughs> my best friend, mum and sister. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. For our downloads, we hope not. <laughs> we hope it's uh, we hope it's uh, three different people, but thank you so much, Catalina. <laughs> <laughs> now we've also had a message on our website from your namesake, Tom. Now Tom says, "Hi there, chaps. Another Tom here, wanting to give a shout out to my mate Craig Gora, if possible. We started listening together, but he's way in front of me now. Ask him if he's waiting for his old man and give him a big up. Well, Craig." You're ahead of Tom. Well done. Well done on being a more dedicated listener to the Pottervision podcast than your friend, Tom. Yeah. Now then, we've had a message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, we've had a lovely message from Zoe Lockwood on Instagram, who says, big fan of the show, started listening two weeks ago after I saw your show and slowly working my way through on episode 20 and can't wait to catch up. Thanks for everything. Well, we'll catch up. And then you'll hear this message. You'll hear this you, message. If you catch up, you'll hear the message. That's the only way you're going to do it, because if you don't catch up, you won't hear the message. So catch up. <laughs> <laughs> depending on when you listen to this message, uh, you've probably still got a lot more to catch up on. So uh, good luck. You can do it. All right. We've had another message on Instagram from Vicky Halstead. She is also playing catch up, but she's on the third book. And something dawned on me when you were talking about how old Lupin is. According to the books, Snape, Lupin and Sirius are all 33. 
when Harry starts at Hogwarts. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, they're young, aren't they? So that means they were 20 when he was born. Yeah, well, I think James and Lily were 21, I think, when Harry was born. Yeah, because she says here, why do wizards seem to live until they're 150 but insist on marrying their childhood boy or girlfriend? <laughs> You're right. Harry's mum and dad were married with a kid before they were 21. Hey, wizards, live a little. Yeah. Play the field. Shag about. <laughs> but it's, it's like with friends and, and partners. Like, when you're a kid, the only people you know are the people in your school. Mm. And they're your little world. You know, hey, you know, what if we go out with one of these girls? Seven billion people on this planet. But yeah, it is odd that there never seems to be... But then I suppose in, in wizarding terms... The only people of your age that have magical abilities will be at Hogwarts because that's the only magic school in Britain. So maybe you're right. You know, if you want to keep with magic folk, unlike Neville Longbottom's, uh, no, who is it? Seamus Finnegan's mum and dad. Go abroad. Yeah. Learn French. There's got to be some spell that makes you learn French. <laughs> if you can get gillyweed to breathe underwater, you could probably get some, I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Google O Translatio. Get some some baguette that makes you speak French. Yeah, that'd be good. Some snail escargot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, frog's legs. Yeah, I'm surprised J.K. Rowling hasn't used the Rosetta Stone as something Harry Pottery. It's like a mythical object, isn't it? That's supposed to uh, help you speak in any language. Oh, really? The Rosetta Stone. I think I'm right in saying that. Anyway, right, our penultimate message is from KCJ on Twitter. Oh, KCJ. 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 Now, we were talking about American Werewolf in London last week, and KCJ says, I watched it in London when it came out in the cinema. It's not aged well, but it had a long-lasting effect on me. To this day, a quiet tube station gives me the heebie-jeebies. As a registered nurse, however, I have never taken a patient home to have clumsy sex with them in the shower. Have you not, KCJ? Sounds like something you do. (laughs) (laughs) He says, not because it would be a profound breach of professional standards, but I'm as ugly as a boot, and they always say no. So there we go. <laughs> they always say no, which gives the implication that KCJ is asking, hey, I know you've just been uh, mauled to death, by, uh, almost mauled to death by some animal, and your friend has died last night, but uh, would you like to come home and have sex with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, they always say no. If I've asked them once, I've offered them a cup of tea a hundred times. They're just plain rude. Well, it's fascinating, that film, because uh, two lads are... Uh, one of them's mauled to death by a werewolf. The other yeah. one's mauled half to death. The one who's mauled half to death just quickly like forgets his friend's death immediately and just becomes really horny. Bloody hell! I have to watch this film. It sounds crazy. No, it's too scary for you. Oh, don't like that. I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we've had a lovely message from Holy Sister Sophie. All right, what's that old girl saying? Now. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were talking about Peter Pettigrew escaping Azkaban as a rat last week, I think, or the week before. And she says he could easily escape. She shows this picture. Now, these are some rat facts. Right, it's a picture of a rat hey, here in a cage. Rat facts. Hey, rat facts. Now, a rat can squeeze through holes or gaps the size of a quarter or a five pence piece because its skull is not plated together. So it can change the shape of its head and squeeze through a very small opening. They are also able to leap four feet laterally, so across, 
and they can fall five floors without sustaining any injury. And they can tread water for days. Hmm. That rat is getting out of that ask van and over that ocean. Thank you, Holy Sister Sophie, for the uh, insight into rats. Um, it's good to know that you're back up to date on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. And that was Hedwig's Droppings. This has been the Pottervision Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. We are back. Uh, on tour, we're still doing all the tour dates. Yesterday, at time of release, we will have just done Sheffield. Uh, we're in Liverpool this week on the 17th, which is Wednesday. And then that's it. We're having a little Christmas break. And then we'll be back in the new year with another eight, maybe ten dates. We're doing a load of things in the new year. All the dates are on the website, pottervision.com. Ticket links are all there as well. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash pottervision. There's bonus episodes. And today, actually, we are releasing the first half of the Prisoner of Azkaban film. So we'll be talking about that, so check that out. But also, you'll just be supporting us. And the amazing donations that the Patreon followers have uh, given to us have paid for these brand new microphones that we've got and all the equipment so it's been really it all gets funded back into either the podcast or the show so it's great mm. uh, if you want to contact us pottervisioncomedy at gmail.com or pottervision.com or we're on Facebook Twitter and Instagram just search pottervision next week we're on episode 59 and we're on chapter 2 of the Goblet of Fire the Scar. You have been the nation's favourite Pottervision podcast host of the week, Tom Lawrenson. And you have been wearing the clothes of Lucas Kirkby. Good night. Pottervision. Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. You can contact us through our website, pottervision.com. And if you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision.